Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. We talk to real gym owners who are in the trenches, doing the work, changing lives. I'm your host, Dominic. Today, I'm here with my guest, Blaine Pierce, owner of Blazon Body Fitness in Norristown, Pennsylvania. How are you doing today, sir? I'm doing well, Dominic. Thanks for having me. Thank you for being here. I appreciate you, your time, you spending it with us. Let's get to it. Talk to us about Blazon Body Fitness. What are you all about? Uh, Blazon Body Fitness is pretty much a small fitness studio space. Pretty much we're in, located in Norristown, Pennsylvania. We're 1725 Markley Street in the Astor Shopping Center. So we have personal training, semi, semi-private training, group fitness training, also kickboxing, yoga, and line dancing. So we're pretty much covering all, all eras and jet, all types of levels. So it's not just uh, intermediate classes and sessions. They're all level, all level classes. Everyone is a certified, certified instructor. We have, uh, we also, I'm sorry, we also have sports nutrition um, consulting here as well. And we sell health supplements. So not only like the whey proteins, those type of things, but also sell cold pressed drinks and CBD, uh, like bomb, bomb, uh, CBD bomb and energy packets. So a lot of good things, a lot of good good and healthy things that have come out of this, uh, this studio. So you're really trying to be that one-stop shop where people want to come in and kind of uh, a mind and body combination there, uh, get their workouts, get, get some type of, you know, if they need physical treatment, they need recovery yoga. I think it's probably better for everybody than a lot of us want to admit or do because it's, it's hard um, and nobody wants to be a beginner at something like that. It's real high intimidation, but you're trying to bring it all together. So if someone comes for, to you, you don't have to refer them out for too many things. You can, if they need it, you're going to try to offer it to them and make it so that they don't have to go and, and find 10 different providers. Absolutely, Dominic. And I just think with a, with a studio space, like the one that I have is, it makes it less intimidating. You don't have to go into the overly crowded, pop, popular uh, commercial facilities that a lot of the gyms have in this area. My class, a lot of the classes that are conducted out of here are all scheduled by appointment based. So many of the times, if they're in here, they have a sort of one-on-one type of intimate feel, and they're in here, they're getting getting whatever services that they that they would like to have, and then pretty much they're in there, they're in and they're out. So a lot of a lot of your families and everyone that's everyone's working and on the go, especially with the pandemic, you, you don't have to worry about being around a bunch of different faces. The population that's in here at a time, I actually have the ability to control how many people in at a time. And so it's just a less congested feel, less anxiety for people. If you, you don't want to work around crowded spaces, 
you able to safely get in here and feel comfortable with getting in a good workout and going on about your business, going on about life. Nice, nice. I mean, everybody, everybody needs a little more comfort, a little more peace of mind after figuring out what the pandemic was going to be like. And, and it's a lot easier to, to have, have people be sure that they get comfortable with you. They get in the facility. If another wave comes through, they know, all right, Blazing Body Fitness is ready. I'm not going to have to, unless everything gets completely shut down, I'm going to be okay. I'm not going to lose my gym. So it's good that you look at it that way. I want to go back a little bit. You started about two years ago. And I mean, nobody could predict the pandemic. So we'll, we'll put that to the side for now. But did you come into it with the idea that you wanted to offer as many things as you are? Or did you open up and then realize, oh, there's all these little niches and things I want to offer and add them on over the two years? I, I actually always had that thought process of, adding these, these different um, components inside of the, the fitness studio. And as you said, with the pandemic, it just enhanced that I acted on it right right away. Um, pandemic was nothing for any of us to, to get used to. It was nothing that any of us comfortably went into saying that we had a, a major plan and idea of what could work and what could, what could help us. But, um, I, I literally, <laughs> the fact that you brought, brought when, I, when I started with this, actually locate this, this location, I literally got my keys in January. In, in January, yeah, I believe that was January. I was mm -hmm. due to open this space in 1st of April. So March was the shutdown. Originally, April, I was supposed to open up this new location. Um, of course, that didn't happen until I want to say June or July of uh, the the same time that the pandemic, uh, the shutdown, shutdown happened. So, luckily, just for me, I set up a different. Um, I had my Yelp ad and different pages that for my business and for the different training trainings that I, that I had been had I had done in the past, and I had a chiropractor respond back to my, my my ad from the very beginning. I gave him a pretty much a visual understanding of what I was trying trying to do. And uh pretty much we we try to marry the components uh soon as soon as the lift had came, soon as they released the lift and we married it married it together. And I, I believe that it is very beneficial because both components help each other. You know, if you know if your your alignment's off, then that's going to mess up range of motion in certain workouts. You maybe not be able to get into a full squat. Uh, if uh, if you if you get stronger, you know, stronger in your workouts and strength strengthening your certain body, certain joints, then it it it, it actually you know. <laughs> and that is actually helpful and beneficial to to you know you going ahead and getting to see the chiropractor getting to see the chiropractor because uh you're at least doing doing something about benefiting your body and um benefiting your body in a positive way. Yeah, so you are you have a, a business plan in mind and something you're sticking to because you're a professional, you're an entrepreneur, but your outlook is to 
whatever is going to serve the client the most, protect them, keep them going, keep their longevity and not just, you're not a quick fix guy. You're not the guy to come see for, you know, I'm, I'm just trying to be, you know, how much weight can I lose in, in two months? You're all right, slow it down. We can help you with that, but let's make sure that we're setting you up to stick around for a while. You're, you're focusing on longevity more than the immediate uh, shiny object quick fix. Absolutely. Ab absolutely. And just trying to pre pretty much re-navigate people's thoughts and the way you, you just generally going about life. And we, 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 like I said, we're offering sports nutritional cons consult um, tips to helping them with their eating, um, planning, plan how to plan their meals, trying to hopefully rededicate some individuals to being active, being active at least three to four times a week at, at minimal. Also, which is incorporating um, the fact that I incorporated a line dancing instructor and doing line dancing a few nights a few nights out of the week, uh, particularly during the the less busiest uh, days and less busiest times. That that actually helps me out some because some of my senior client clientele that I may not may not have just been willing to walk through those doors. They come in and they see the space. And it's, like I said before, it's less intimidating. It's not a bunch of heavy duty machinery and equipment. It's a lot of open space, it's a comfortable feel. And so then when they're in there and they're doing the, the line dancing and the, the stepping with their instructor, they have the curiosity in saying, I want to meet some of those, the trainers that are there at Blaze Body Fitness. Uh, this it doesn't seem like it's a whole bunch of very intimidating, this is not an intimidating space. Maybe I could probably do some of the workouts that uh these trainers these trainers here uh, give out, and so it's it's like you all kind of help help out each help out each other in a sense because they see that these different programs and services are being offered here, and so it makes them feel um, more comfortable. It's not just one thing, not just that one one avenue of better health and wellness. Fantastic, man. That's. You seem to have your total picture, really like you grabbed it by the horns and you're you're not letting go. This is what we're doing. This is what we're about. If you want it, we're going to give you the best version of it you're going to get. And if you don't, 24-hour fitness might be next door or whatever somebody else wants. doesn't make it right or wrong. You just have that self-identification that's, that's real strong. So I like that. And, you know, you started off, right, pandemic, all right? got through the major lockdowns. Do you have any restrictions left in place now, or is it really just you managing your space? Really just me managing my space. I, I have, of course, I have hand sanitizers, dispensers hooked up all over the walls inside of my location. So there's, there's a sanitizer dispenser and paper towels dispenser. I have bottles where I'm spraying down, wiping down the equipment. Of course, before and after use usage, which you've already been doing that before pandemic, but you know it's intensified now that everything is sprayed down and wiped down before and after uses. Uh, my clients they wear masks uh, coming into the into the space. I take temperatures and we do 
many of my clients actually have communicated that they are are vaccinate, vaccinated, but I I have an actual a Blazing Body Fitness app that all my clients uh, utilize prior to coming in. So a lot of that information is conveyed through through the app if they have been vaccinated or have had they been exposed to to anybody. And so I'm actually able to weed 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 through that process prior to them coming. So they have to upon them coming in for their session, there's a reminder that alerts them that their session is coming up. And so it's already a, those generated questions are asked. Have you been exposed? Are you currently feeling any symptoms or what have you? And so they have to, of course, answer those truthfully before they even accept to come through those doors uh, for their session. I take everyone's temperature, they're, all the clients, they're, their temperatures are take, taken as soon as they enter this um, studio space. And uh, pretty much, those, I mean, those are only the main things that we've been taking into place into consideration with the whole, uh, this, this whole experience ordeal. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So being a, a fairly young business in the grand scheme of things, I know you've been in the business for a long time, but Blazing Body Fitness is relatively young, right? Everything is going to be about the future, where it's going. So I like to look at both sides of the coin because we know it's it's not all sunshine and rainbows, right? So what do you feel like is giving you huge momentum going forward in the business? And what do you feel like you're going to need to do, how you're going to need to grow? What's the biggest challenge you have facing going forward to hit whatever your potential is? Just want to consistently continue to, as you know, just continue to just continue to grow the book and pretty much you, you want to make the best, best out of each service, each your interaction and each client that you have. And now, of course, you know that you're not going to be a fit for everybody. And then that, that's, that's easy, even a blessing as well, going into it, knowing that you're not going to be the fit, uh, the best fit for every client that comes in, comes into your studio space. Also knowing that you don't particularly, you're not particularly going to want each person that enters those doors for a client <laughs> of your studio space. So, you know, there's, the quicker we get to the place as owners and business owners that we learn that, you, you know, a bad experience or a, a, you could say a potentially a bad experience um, that you you have trying attempting to provide the service is not always bad business for you in the grand scheme of things. It helps you learn from the trial and error or it learns to ideally what did what are you wanting to cater? Who are you wanting to cater your services for? Or who what, what is the direction that you actually want your business to go in? Or how how would you better like to handle that situation going going forward? So you use everything as as lessons. And uh, honestly and true, honestly and truthfully, the, what I capitalize off of is experience, being able to engage members and clients well. We do well with tracking tracking the progress of our clients so allowing them to be able to see that each client that comes in pretty much has their uh, consultation you're pretty much taking the time to assess 
they all of them receive an assessment. So you're creating that uh, that baseline for them. So you have a platform on where they're coming in at. You're meeting them where they where, where they have came in at, and you're actually making sure you continually assess them as they pretty much um, as they pretty much come and do business with you and come and train at your facility. And so a lot of due to the fact that we stick with that with that whole making sure that we're assessing them throughout the whole whole entire process, the proof is in the pudding most of the times. And so they can't deny, services can't be denied that they're pretty much A1 services. And that if you, when you come into Blazing Body Fitness Studio, you're definitely getting results. And those results pretty much have been the factor that, that has assisted with growing the business because just going on my, if you don't just believe what I say, if you just go, on my website, you'll see reviews that actually speak volumes to really testifying uh, what Blazing Body Fitness Services is all all about. Um, I read, I I just read, <laughs> went over reading a few of those today, and it actually feels good to me because these are not reviews that I could even had came up and and made up. But when I read everyone's different take, I know that. These are very like pretty much these are solid testimonies and the the point of what I wish to come across is actually coming to come to crawl. Yeah, that that's great that you said that because that's I have a lot of conversations with gym owners and people go through different different mind states, different burnout, different stress, whatever. And that's one of my favorite things. I'm always like, when was the last time you read your own testimonials? You're like, ah. I read them when they, when they come up and then that's it. I'm like, just go read your Facebook reviews, go read your Google reviews. If you don't, if you need to get back in touch with like, I got into this to help people, to help as many people as I can to live a better life. And, and you get reconnected with that. I know people that just hang frame them, put them up on their wall, have a whole wall in the office, like just, just turn around. And that's how they start their day is just reading those testimonials. Uh, so I, I think that's amazing that you did that. And it's, it's just such a good way to revitalize the business at any point, whether you feel good, not so good, stressed, burnt out, you have a great day. And then you go look at them like, that's why I do it. Right. Wh whatever, Absolutely. whatever that is. I mean, you can have other motivations, family, obviously you got to support yourself, things like that. But the, we, the reason we all chose this business is because we want to change people's lives, right? The handshakes, the pounds, the hugs, the tears, that's why we're in it, right? Otherwise, we could probably all, all go put that passion and intelligence to something else, but we like changing lives. So I, I love that that you got into that, man. That's that's fantastic. I think, you know, I think there's there's a lot of cool things going on. I mean, you have an amazing foundation. You're just kind of straight ahead. I think it's just it's gonna be growth for you with all the pieces that you have in place. Um, and I'm excited to uh, to keep an eye on you and, and see where things are going to go there. We are coming up just about on time. But before I let you go, there's two things. One, um, if you had one piece of advice that you could give to anybody out there listening or to even your younger self before you got into the business, what would that be? Um, pretty, pretty much is... <laughs> You, you're you're not going to have everything figured out. You're not going to have everything figured out. I made a business plan, and it's a great decision to 
for all business conjunctures to take the time with creating a business plan. And so that way you create some type of blueprint so that even if there's a situation where you do get lost or you do feel as though that you stumble, you can always go back to it and then bring yourself back to what was the ideal plan. And it'll, for most part, it'll assist you with thinking the, the next steps to going forward. But if God forbid, if you come to a fork in the road and whatever you initially planned didn't work out to the way that you thought that it would, it's not the end all, it's not the end all be all. This business is, is all about stumbles and falls and growing and learning, learning and hopefully God willing, the mistakes is what makes you better. And those are my biggest, for me, those have been my biggest lessons is the mistakes that I've made. Um, the mistakes that I've made have always, I, I have always come out 10 times better with every situation that necessarily didn't go the way that I thought or that I planned that it would. Yeah. I think that's, that's a great way to look at it. The, the icing on the cake for that, for me with that is I always try to tell people, try not to make the same mistake twice, right? If you learn from that, great. There's no mistake you can't overcome. If you make it twice, you got to do a mirror check and see what's going on. But, but I love that. Great, great parting words on that. Last thing before we let you go, if people want to find you on social media, they want to find Blazing Body Fitness, where can they go? Yeah, so you, you just go, my um, IG is uh, Blazing Body Fitness. Um, I also have a Blazing Body Fitness uh, page on Facebook, I believe, as well. And then you could just do blazingbodyfitness.com. Um, I have a website there. Every if, if you ever have any questions or want a consultation, you could schedule a consultation through the ease. Uh, my email is blazingbodyfitness at gmail.com. Um, again, we're located in Arstown, Pennsylvania, 1725 Markley Street. Perfect. Perfect. All right, sir. I thank you very much for being here. I appreciate your time with us today. I thank you as well, Dominic. Dominic, appreciate you as well, brother. You're welcome, sir. And to everybody out there listening, as always, we appreciate you. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. We hope you found some value in this. I know I did. If you want to hear more episodes, click the subscribe button. We're dropping these on a regular couple of times a week. If you want to be on the show, click the link in the description, fill out the form. Someone from the team will get in touch with you. We want to hear about how you're doing your thing in your town for your people. To everybody out there in Jim Lord's Nation, keep working hard, keep changing lives, keep kicking ass. Jim Lord's out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. What's up, Gym Lords? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords podcast. My name is Bree. I will be your host today, and I am here with Josh from Main Event Boxing Gym in Florida. What's up, Josh? How are you today? I'm doing great, thanks. Awesome. Glad to have you here. 
All righty, so let's jump right into the details here. We're not wasting any time. What is it that made you want to own your own gym? Uh, I actually was just doing personal training as uh, a complement to my massage therapy business at the time. I'm actually a licensed massage therapist since 1996. Um, and I started working with a group of trainers that were actually subleasing my current gym. And they were sending me so much business. And of course, I wanted to reciprocate. So when I would try to refer these guys, some of my clients off my table or from my, the clinic where I was working, um, I found that they were very unable to help people with limitations, disabilities, even severe obese people. Like they, they, they could only work with people if they had some kind of fitness level already. So I kind of saw a window to become a personal trainer. And I got into personal training and started working uh, with these guys side by side. And then they eventually opened up their own facility. So I started subleasing the boxing gym. And um, the property was bought out by a Trader Joe's. So we had to move to our current facility. Um, the rent went way up. Uh, the previous owners were actually uh, in their 60s. And they were Hall of Fame trainers and stuff, but just getting burned out on it. And um, one thing led to another. I ended up making them offer. And uh, that's how a uh, massage therapist ends up owning a boxing gym. <laughs> All right. Awesome. So you kind of saw a gap there yeah. as far as helping people uh, who maybe had some prior injuries or ailments. Well, and, or... and just from being around the gym and, and working out there and, and working with kids and stuff, I, I saw a window. So most boxing gyms, at least in this area, uh, it's like the guys have successful businesses and then the gym is like their hobby where they come to after work to train fighters, you know, maybe to find that one pro that they can lock on to. But really, you know, it's really, it really wasn't a money-making thing. So I saw this window where to, you know, add some better, more fitness equipment, expand the hours, and kind of create this family environment where I, where I can include everybody and not just pro and amateur high-level fighters. And um, it, it, it ended up working out. You know, it's kind of that deal. Everybody's telling me, like, five years, you'll either be shutting down or taking off. And it seemed to be pretty much that time frame because uh, – at one point, I was like, I was down to eight members and the only one here most of the day. And uh, so now that I've built it up to where, you know, we have 100 general members. And then with all the trainers, private clients and fighters, I probably have 250 to 300 people a week coming through my gym now. Wow. Good for you. That's awesome. So as far as the way that you structure things, so uh, what does your business model look like? So are you doing one-on-ones? Group classes, semi-privates, do you have open gym? How does that work as far as your structure goes? Yeah, uh, uh, we do it all. Um, if you buy a, a personal training package through the gym, because I have trainers that work under me and then a couple of guys that just sublease from me. So okay. as long as you buy a training package through Main Event Boxing Gym, you also get full gym membership included, which includes classes. We have daily classes. We have an open gym policy. And then obviously the one-on-one is, is uh, you know, quite a bit more expensive and, and limited. Right. Okay. All right. So a couple of different things there. So you also work with general population as far as fitness classes go, um, mm -hmm. in addition to the boxing that you yep. offer. Yeah. Yep. And, uh, you know, boxing is so popular now um, yeah. just for fitness. You know, 80% uh, of the people that come in here want to do some sort of boxing training. Mm -hmm. And now only 20% of them are interested in contact. You yeah. know, most people that come in here have no interest in getting hit or, or hitting people. Right. You know, and it's, it's something I see working with the amateurs too. Sometimes I think these kids are scared of getting hit 
and they've just never really hit anybody. And so yeah. sometimes, you know, people are worried about hurting people. So I see a little definitely. bit. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. I know boxing definitely is popular right now within the industry and it's such a good workout. You know, it's super effective for people trying to lose weight even, you know, just the general population, people that are trying to reach their fitness goals, drop weight. It's a, yeah. it's a great workout. Yeah, it's just so. such a unique training style. And the thing about it is you get better at it, but it never really gets easy. Yeah, you know, it's true. These elite fighters, you know, like watching this, the, the, the match this weekend between Caleb Plant and Canelo, you know, those guys train six, seven, eight hours a day. They run 40, 50 miles a week. They're in elite conditioning and you know they're gassed after the yeah i mean it's just something that just never gets easy and it's a great quick way to get into shape and it's a you know if you fall off you fall off quick too yeah absolutely so as far as your membership base goes so is the general type of fitness stuff something that you've added in more recently because you started with uh just more so the boxing side of things right um and then the the general fitness is more so something you've added in pretty recently. Uh no, the, it's something that I made a change. You know, the day I took over, uh, okay. I expanded the hours from about fifteen hours a week. This gym was open to about thirteen hours a day. Right, Monday wow. through Friday, and then we only do a half day on Saturday, and then no Sunday hours because it's just me, really. Yeah. Um, although I do have a good group of trainers now. It, really, in the last year or two, it's come together to where I can step away a little more. I do have trainers that are capable of greeting new people that come in and, and uh, you know, taking care of the gym when I'm not here. But it used to be right. me 100% of the time. Okay. But, um, no, um, when I opened it right away, you know, I, I wanted that general membership mm-hmm. um, to kind of help the gym become a self-sufficient thing. I almost had yes. two separate businesses, you know, like Josh Willett, massage therapist, personal trainer, was subleasing for main event boxing. And really, in the last three years, it's gotten to a point where the, the gym and the general membership kind of takes care of itself. And then my seven, my training business is how, you know, I put my kids through college and I support myself and my property. Absolutely. Yeah. So the gym has become a, a money-making thing on its own, which is nice because I've been able to buy a, a gym vehicle to now to pick up kids if I need to. Because I kind of try to do that aspect of the gym as well. It's always been like a, a community center if you will a makeshift one so you know i work with underrepresented youth and, and people that need to get off the streets and stuff i try, I try to have some room to help those people out as well yeah so absolutely the gym's been able to you know buy new equipment and all that stuff without josh willett personal trainer having to fund it exactly so it's kind of become a self-sufficient self-running thing that's really been nice and you know it's got its own money in the bank and it's really become a real nice thing. Like I said, in the last three years, I haven't had to pay my rent for myself. Yeah, that's awesome. It's a good spot to be in. So as far as goals go for the next, let's say, six months to a year, is there anything specific that you're really focusing on within the business for that time frame? Well, I, uh, I like to have a nice supportive family unit here. So a uh, boxing gym, uh, you know, for uh, females or younger people in particular, can be a very intimidating atmosphere. Mm-hmm. So I like to have this this welcoming kind of place. So I, I pretty much have the solid like 75 members. And it seems like every month I get this turnover. You know, I lose 20 people, I get 20 new people. Yeah. And uh, you know, the reason we keep hitting 100 is because that's my cap. That's all I really want. 
I don't, I don't, the, you know, the way my, my rent is and stuff, I really don't need much more than that to still be profitable as long as my personal training business is doing well. Mm -hmm. So I would love to find that solid hundred member family to where it's almost like a private facility with the new private clients coming and going and so on and, and different classes. So, um, but just really getting in a situation where my trainers are working almost as much as me because my, my busiest trainer probably only sees about 50% of the clients I do. Right. Okay. So, so increasing. I'm, I'm doing like 35, 40 hours. Yeah. Increasing my trainers. Right. Um, client base would be good because some of them are even working other jobs or, or even looking for other jobs. Mm -hmm. So it's just finding that right mix for them. Definitely. Yeah. So as far as uh, your client acquisition process goes currently, how are you getting new people in the door? Is that through paid advertising like Facebook, Instagram, Google? Is it more organic, word of mouth? How does that look? It's really, it's really word of mouth. It's kind of the same way I built my massage business. Like I almost picked my clientele and then that way I know I'll get the same kind of people from them. Like mm -hmm. I remember I was working out with my sister at a UFIT when the thought popped into my head to open my own gym because I was like, oh my God, this place is awful. This place is, like, I don't care if it is 10 bucks a month. This is horrible. Right. They're, they're, yeah. You know, I, I, and I remember thinking, I don't want these kind of people in my gym. You know, mm -hmm. I don't want people looking for a quick, easy deal to make them feel better about themselves because no. they, you know, just because they have a gym membership, big deal. I want people that are committed that want to work hard, that are going to pay. Exactly. <laughs> you know, that yeah. it's, it seemed like you find people that, like in my massage business, I, um, I, I had a great man that I worked for, a real well-known chiropractor in this area uh, named George Stovall. And I remember him like firing a client one day. And I was like, dude, what are you doing? That's money walking out the door. And he sat me down and he told me, he goes, Josh, if you let them, 5% of your clients will take up 80% of your time. Yes. He's like, so if you shed that 5%, then you got 80% more time to focus on this good kind of client that you want. So I do, I try to find hardworking people who want to be part of something bigger than just their own workout. I want people to intermingle, help each other, give each other tips, spot right. each other. You know, everybody learn the craft because that's the great thing about boxing too. It, it's, always something you can work on and learn, no matter yeah. who you are. For sure. Yeah. And that helps too, as far as building your community base, you mm -hmm. know, and building, building that community, building that place for people to go to feel like they are a part of something. And then that also translates into client retention. You know, mm -hmm. so you mentioned, you know, there's people leaving, there's people coming. It's kind of like in and out, it's up and down. But when you build that really, really strong base of that community then people tend to stay longer as well and that also builds your foundation for the business that builds that reliable income for you know month to month and then you can build off of that as well uh so that's huge as far as building building that strong community building that foundation for the business having that reliable income monthly and speaking of that the way that you structure your memberships is that do you do like um class packs do you do month to month 
basis? Yes. Do you do any type of agreements? How, how does that work? It, I am month to month. So technically with um, the Department of Agriculture who oversees gyms in Florida for some reason, I am a community center and a health studio. I'm not actually considered a fitness center. Oh. So I'm not allowed to sell contracts or mm -hmm. even keep uh, credit cards on file. So I have to physically catch up with every gym member every month. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Which but another reason I'm gonna keep it at hundred, you know, but I do have a I do have a, a high school kid that works for me. So he handles a lot of that. You know, they know to see Tristan for the billing and stuff. Mm -hmm. And um with as far as and that's why with my personal training, I love to include the gym membership with that. Because then I really only got to catch up with them for that big chunk, you know, when their package is up mm -hmm. and then they have the general membership included. So, yeah. So, yeah, when I say 100, that, that membership doesn't even include all the personal training clients here that get the gym membership as part of their package. Okay. So, so is that are, something, I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah. So that's, that's something that's, you know, just not even included when I say I have two to 300 people a week through here. But no, it's either, and I make it affordable. Again, I'm, I'm catering to kids. You know, I offer some military discount. I have a bunch of local police who like to come in here and train and work on their self-defense and stuff. So I only charge $50 a month for general membership. Mm -hmm. And if you want to include the daily classes we have, it's $75. Okay. And again, okay. I can afford that because it's an old warehouse and, you know, my rent is pretty affordable. Yeah. So I, you know, I'm, I'm about a third of buildings down the street that are newer and, you know, even less size. So I do have about 9,000 square feet here. Definitely. So, not, it's decent size, but it is it's a whole warehouse. So yeah. No AC, no heat. So you gotta be used to the elements, which is again is another reason it's hard to find that hundred person base of people because you gotta yes. be kind of able to deal with the elements as well. Right. Absolutely. Okay. So is that something like in the future that you would be moving toward is making it recognizable as a gym rather than a community center so you can put some of those systems in place to make your life a little bit easier yeah yeah i i think i would i you know i i i i've tried to so a boxing gym without a cre credible competitive system really doesn't have much clout to it you know so i've tried over and over to build up this this boxing team and it's just, there, there's no money in that. So I have slowly just gotten away from the competitive aspect of it. If mm -hmm. you want to be a competitive fighter, fine. You come in here, train um, the pros that come in here, but they bring their own coaches now. Yeah. I don't really attempt to work with those guys. You know, it's just, I guess, from being around it early on, it's just, I don't know what to say, but it doesn't seem like there's a lot of people that have that commitment left anymore of what it really takes to be a competitive fighter and like yeah I, I mean I, I've seen it change in the in the 15 years I've been around this gym and uh I don't know it's, I have certain standards certain expectations that I that I expect and not just with being able to throw hands but you have a certain fitness level you have to, I, I'm expected of you and absolutely you know, you know these guys just I, I don't know it's just I can't do it anymore yeah. So out of my hands if anything i i work with kids so like under 12 and i'll work with those competitive kids so i have gotten away from there's no money in training competitive fighters no no so absolutely not. more into you know 
offering more and more of just the general membership of the traditional fitness style stuff. And that's why I've added more and more classes, um, trying to build up more now to, as they, as certain times still add more time slots. Mm-hmm. So when I went a while without doing classes here, cause there just wasn't enough membership for it. And then I was up to three classes about two years ago to where now I have about, uh, I have 12 classes a week. Okay. All right. Yeah. So, I mean, that's good that you, you recognize that early on that, you know, if you wanted to make any type of profit within the business, that that was a necessary step to take is adding in that general, general population fitness to kind of support the other things. Because when you're talking about the fighting community, it's a very, very niche market you know there's like a very small and you said like today it's even it's even harder to find the people that actually have that drive that want to work that hard to reach those goals and um that can be very gym i've seen one guy since 2014 i've seen one guy Mm -hmm. that really had the dedication and the the heart to do it you know i just i i just i rarely rarely see it so i've almost become cynical you know now that's the that's the my least favorite phone call to get. Hey, I want to turn pro. It's like okay, mm-hmm. you know, just, if you want to call me and say I want to get in shape and see about maybe competing, competing, then you know I'll be a little more welcome. But when I get that call, it's like all right, buddy, yeah, call another gym. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah, we'll see about that. <laughs> but you know, I did the math and I thought about it. Even if I find a guy that's got the dedication and the ability, and you know. I work with him 10, 20, 30 hours a week for five years to go through all these fights to maybe get that one huge fight where what he gets, you know, 500 grand and I get 10% of that. That's 50 grand for, yeah, yeah. it's like, I I did the math one day. I was like, this just doesn't even make sense. What am I thinking? You know, why, you know, clearly the boxing coaches that that do that and stick with it just have a love for it and need that competitive drive and and, and you know and also something I found because I've tried to hire competitive coaches here I've, I've I've gone through so many boxing coaches and they're almost as shady as the fighters is that uh, most good boxing coaches they own their own gyms <laughs> they're not yeah, out there to right. be hired. exactly they build up a reputation as that and then they you know, do what I'm doing and have people come in and work. So I'm, I'm just kind of doing it from a different way. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. So and, and, you know, you... I've le- it's been a learning experience, obviously I, I've, I've made a lot of mistakes and learned as I've gone. I've almost shut down a couple of times. So it's, uh, it's been, you know, unfortunately COVID kind of saved me because I, I still did one-on-one stuff here. Mm-hmm. And it was amazing to me with people that struggled to come up with 75 bucks a month could all of a sudden come up with thousand dollars for personal training packages. Yeah. So, I mean, I, you know, and, and legally I was allowed to, you know, one-on-one in here and I did safe distance and clean, you know, we wore masks. So, yeah. I mean, you know, the front was all locked up and shut, but I, I still had private clients. And then because of COVID, I had quite a few you know, local owned gyms shut down. So mm-hmm. as maybe, you know, from yes. your experience, the best time to buy new equipment is when people have to get rid of it. 
Yeah. So I, my gym, you know, I added another ring. I, I added a nice heavy bag ring. I've upgraded all of my equipment, you know, nice new Smith press, cable crossovers, you know, all my benches I, I replaced. I just got new metrics, uh, um, leg equipment. So mm-hmm. I really, I, I, unfortunately, because of other people not being able to stay open, my gym has upgraded and grown. Yeah, I know. That's, you know, it's a... Is it positive? I always feel bad saying that it's a positive for, you know, the gym owners that have survived just because it's so unfortunate that so many gyms did close. But, you know, it does provide an opportunity for the gym owners who were able to survive during that time to grow, you know, whether it be through new equipment or a larger space or uh, the clients that lost their gyms because they closed now they need somewhere to go so yeah it did provide different areas of growth for different gym owners at times and to be able to still personal train during that time is fantastic too because a lot of other people didn't have that wasn't an option I I was very fortunate and then and then I was able to do it and I, I didn't have to take any PPE or any, I didn't, I didn't borrow any money or anything either. So mm-hmm. just, just stayed status quo. And, uh, and then, you, you know, I've been able to add some trainers from that. So there were trainers out of work too. Mm-hmm. So now I got new trainers, you know, and I'm taking a percentage from them or they're subleasing for me. So that again is another way that, that my gym has grown. You know, yeah. I went before COVID, there were two of us here to where now I've got, you know, 10 trainers, five full-time, and, you know, somehow I'm getting money off that, which is the only way you're ever going to get ahead in this business. You're making money while you're making money. So. Yes. <laughs> yeah, different couple of streams coming in there for your revenue definitely yeah. helps uh, keep things afloat. So if you could provide a piece of advice to somebody who is thinking about buying a gym or starting a gym, taking over a gym, et cetera. What would that piece of advice be? Oh man, what would that advice be? There's so many things, right? You've learned along the way. I, I don't know. What would I, <laughs> don't do it. Or what's, no, a, <laughs> what's a valuable lesson that you've learned along the way? I, I, Honestly, you know, just pick good people to be around you, you know, and you're, you're going to have to trust other people. And I've gotten to take advantage of a little bit here and there. But, you know, the other thing, I mean, I, I think it's same for any, like a restaurant, any type of, I, I guess we are kind of a hospitality kind of thing that, mm-hmm. you know, you got to be there. You know, if you own a restaurant and you're not there, stuff's happening while you're not there you know and I I just think that's the main thing in the beginning especially you have to be hands-on and be there and be accountable and greet every person face-to-face so they know you know that 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 foundation is there and you know once you establish that and that word gets out then you know you can kind of rely on on hiring good people and then being there but but for the most part you got to have that initial Good reputation and that's what happened to me you know i fell apart when i lost these credible people you know everybody left with them mm-hmm. you know i thought the gym alone would be able to sustain some of the, the former membership but everybody kind of bailed on me and then i had to slowly build up my own you know build trust 
in my members and people that I train, but yeah, um, keep things fresh. Mm-hmm. You know, with my, my training, especially, you know, I try not to make it, you know, the same workouts over and over and over, keep it fresh. You know, if you want to, I think that's the thing, the key to me building my personal training business and stuff has been always having something new. you know, every day is different. You might see similar workouts and stuff, but or similar exercises, but in a different order, you know, with a different level. So definitely. Yes. And build a family, you know, that's, that's, Mm -hmm. that's what I've done here. You know, I build a family where we all trust and support and love each other. And it's, you know, it's funny. It's, it's based on hard work and stuff. You know, you you only show up a couple days a week and you're, you know, you're on your phone or you're around, you know, you get kind of outcast from the family, you know, Mm -hmm. so you gotta be willing to come in here and put in that work and the time and share with the people under you and stuff. And it just kind of gets to be this organic thing where everybody's helping everybody and everybody's supporting everybody. And then, like I said, people want to be a part of that. Yes, of course. Yeah. So building good relationships, building trust, and then keeping it fresh, keeping it interesting, keeping as far as your staff goes, your trainers, and also your membership, you know, keeping people motivated, wanting to do more essentially. Mm -hmm. Awesome. All righty. So as we start to wrap up here, where can the listeners find you on social media? Uh, we're we're uh, hashtag MAVG on Instagram and then um, main event boxing gym, all four words on Facebook. Main event boxing gym. So I don't really, I don't have a website. Um, okay. It kind of fell apart with COVID and I just never... You know, I, I think website's almost like MySpace anymore for these kids and stuff. <laughs> I try, you know, everybody goes to Facebook. Or exactly. Instagram. Facebook and so, Instagram. So where it's at. <laughs> yeah, and by, by keeping that stuff fresh, I, and it may be how you guys found me, but, you know, I'm, I'm number one on Google in the area mm-hmm. when, you, when you Google me just because I keep it so fresh and we respond and we have so much interaction that uh, when you Google Boxing Gym St. Pete, we come up first, even over Mayweather, who, you know, that place is probably spending 1600 a month on Google on advertising, advertising. <laughs> and I come up before them just because they're not changing their content enough or including you know pictures of diversity and stuff which I think yeah. is now the algorithm to Google or something so mm-hmm. yeah Absolutely. so it's uh it's it's been interesting nonetheless yes of course always always interesting all righty so Josh from main event boxing in Florida. Thank you so main much. Main event for boxing gym. You gotta say all four words. Oh, main event boxing gym. <laughs> yeah, I actually had a, a <laughs> I had a copyright lawsuit from main event boxing promotions out of New Jersey. Oh, really? Yeah, that's they came after me for the, for the term main event, like that's on every fight poster ever since the ever. 1800s. <laughs> I know. Yeah, so I that's why, and that's why I can't even put main event on a shirt. That's why it has right, to be, has to be all four. That unbelievable. Yeah, they came after me hard too. So that was wow. another fun part of business. Yeah. 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 Watch out for that. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Main event boxing gym in yes. Florida. <laughs> all right. Thank you so much for joining us today. All right. Thank you, Ray. Of course. And to all of the listeners out there, make sure that you subscribe so that you will be updated on future episodes of the show. In the meantime, make sure you keep killing it out there and we will catch you on the flip side. Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. 
The Gym Lords Podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more, or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk real business with real gym owners. I'm your host, Katie, and today I'm here with Jesse Weber, owner of Forged Human Performance Center in Homer City, Pennsylvania. How's it going, Jesse? I'm good, thanks. All right, awesome. Well, thank you so much for making the time to be here with us today. I'm super excited to chat more about Forged Human Performance. So let's hop right into it. Tell us a little bit about the gym and what kind of services do you guys offer? So we're primarily a sports performance gym, um, mostly like teen and preteen clients, occasional college athletes come in to train as well, especially on if they're on break during the summer or Christmas. Um, we offer uh, speed and agility. We offer strength and conditioning. Um, you know, anything that's that comes from a strength and conditioning performance related aspect. In addition that we have adult fitness classes and personal training for adult clients. Um, sometimes they're more performance related. Sometimes they're not. They're just, you know, because when I don't have classes going on, I don't have an open gym environment. Mm-hmm. So classes going on, it is a sort of studio feel where there's nobody else in there. So occasionally I get a client that they don't care about the sports performance aspect. They just like that they can have the place to themselves and me to themselves. So. Yeah, for sure. I like that you kind of, kind of well-rounded, you know, some group classes, but then, you know, do you offer that PT for those people that want that personalized attention and, you know, and pay for it. (laughs) All right. It could be a challenge with the uh, not having any open times Mm -hmm. and be a challenge Sometimes, um, you know, my sports performance clients, they come when they're told to come, they don't care. Right. Training clients sometimes are like, well, I want to just come and work out. And well, that's not the kind of gym this is. Mm -hmm. I can personal train you, but you would need a gym to go to. And sometimes that works. Sometimes it doesn't. But. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Do you think, I, I guess I just want to ask about, you know, in the future, is that something that you would like to do? You know, if you if you got more staff, things like that, you know, offer any sort of open gym times, or do you prefer to just keep it at the scheduled times for people? I'm of two minds on it. So I like having 100% control of the schedule. I don't have to worry about anyone else being in there you know, I unlock the door, I know nobody's going to be there and I can do what I need to do Mm -hmm. and control the classes. You know, when kids are on break, when school's out, 
I can move classes to the daytime. I have a lot of clients that like that they don't have to wait until the after school time that is their normal time. They can come in during the day. I have complete control over that. The other side of it is I'm leaving revenue on the table as far as the places like I'm at home right now, the place is sitting there empty. <laughs> right. Yep. Um, so there is revenue left on the table. I could possibly do a like a key card system. Mm -hmm. It's more of like a 24 hour access, a caveat in the in their contract that you know my sports performance classes have to have priority, you know. Right. So I would then have to, I'd still have control of the schedule. I would just have to be really good about communicating to everybody. This is when the times are, you know, so that the, the quote open gym members. Right. Will know when they wouldn't be able to come. Right. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah, for right. sure. So, yeah, I've definitely thought about the, especially the key card system. That's easy to do around here. You know, mm -hmm. most gyms just do that. Um, and, uh, you know, people could come in when I'm not busy and, mm -hmm. and then that, you know, this is for business owners, that's revenue on the table. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Advantage of right now. So. Right. Yeah, exactly. I, I get it though. That's, that's definitely a tough call there a little bit. Yeah. Just because obviously, you know, you want to make sure that those group classes are your priority and those people aren't getting in the way. Right. And I would be open to having another person that's just interested in doing personal training right now mm -hmm. um, that um, it, they wouldn't be an employee of forge. They would be a, a you know, their own private contract, right. but I'm open to that because that would be a revenue source again, that people could use it while it's not busy for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Um, okay, cool. So, you know, I'm, I'm excited to dig into that, dig into what you're doing right now a little bit more, but um, first give us a little bit of a background on how Forged came to be and how you knew it was the right time for you to go into business for yourself. Sure. So my background, unsurprisingly, is as a strength and conditioning coach. I've worked in um, Division One colleges for years and years. Um, you know, I'm CSCS certified. Have my master's degree in exercise science. All the you know, all the strength coach credentials. Right. Uh, I know that's not the focus of this, but that's my background. Mm -hmm. And I always had in the back of my mind um, that I'd like to do something in the private realm. Um, so I don't know how deep you want me to go here. I'll kind of fast forward to my last strength and conditioning job was at St. Francis university here in Pennsylvania. Um, so that's what brought my wife and I here. Mm -hmm. And, um, while we were here, several things happened. Um, we bought a house, we had kids and my wife bought her business. So that sort of solidifies you to an area and as right. a strength and conditioning coach that's not the lifestyle the lifestyle is pick up move whenever yeah whenever you find a new job that's the way you progress in the field you don't stay at a place and get promotions you you work your way up by moving around to different universities so 
after being at St. Francis for eight years, you know, and not having any available promotion or anything, um, it kind of got to that point where it's like, you know, <laughs> I yeah. could do this now. So in, it was fall of 2017 where I resigned from St. Francis, started looking at um, properties and, you know, of course, all the background of putting together money for, for the investment and that kind of thing. So it was fall of 2017 that I did finally secure a lease and opened I opened, but I didn't have any clients. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it was, I have a lease, I'm buying equipment, I'm putting in flooring, I'm painting walls, you know, and uh, and simultaneously looking for clients mm -hmm. and that, that sort of thing. So really it was, it wasn't, now is the time to open. It was, this is where life is sort of pointing me, you uh -huh. know. Yeah, for sure. That's, that's cool that you were, yeah, that had to have been tough for sure to, you know, try to get all that stuff in order, like as far as, yeah, like you said, flooring, equipment, all that, um, you know, while, while simultaneously trying to attract clients. Um, right. Yeah, that had to have been tough. Um, okay, well, so, all right, you said that was 2017. So, you know, you you get all the equipment, you get some clients, you know, things, things are going along and then, you know, this, this pandemic thing happens. Right. <laughs> right? <laughs> the thing everybody has to talk about, right? Right. Exactly. <laughs> um, you know, and it's, it's one of those things where it's like, I don't like to beat it to death, but it still is a very ongoing factor in right. the industry um right. so i usually think it's it's worth asking about just you know to kind of see what your personal experience was during that time and how you know what kind of things you did to kind of keep the business afloat during that right time. so my okay so my two biggest takeaways from it and then i'll tell you what i kind of did during my two biggest takeaways are um i was able to negotiate 50% uh, rent with my landlord for the time period that I was closed. And uh, I had and have a really good relationship with my landlord. So, you know, that wasn't just a, a fluke. That was, we have a good relationship. You want me to stay in business and keep renting from you? You know, maybe we can do this. And, and he accepted that right away. So, 50% is still a lot of money when you're not bringing in any revenue, but at least that was one thing. And then the second takeaway is I'm in a more rural area. Um, the spread of COVID wasn't then very large and it isn't even now very large. Like oh, that's nice. it's really steady. It's, it's spread. And I know people that have had it and, you right. know, blah, blah, but um We've never really been like, oh, this is horrible, like, you know, like a New York or anything like that. Yeah. So when I did reopen, everybody came back immediately, bam. Mm -hmm. Like, yes, we need to get back in the gym. So between those two things, it really helped me to stay in business. Yeah. 
there's certain there were certainly times when we were closed where I was like, maybe this is it. <laughs> maybe I. <laughs> um, so what did I do during? So I I use a program called called Team Builder. I don't know if you're familiar with that. I'm not actually. So Team Builder is a well, it's for strength and conditioning specifically. Oh. So it's not for everybody, but um, Team Builder is a software that delivers people's programs to them. And it does it in different ways. People can have an app on their phone or mm -hmm. tablet, um, or I can display it on a screen in the training center, mm -hmm. which is mostly how I use it. Like a lot of my clients don't even download the app because they don't need it because it's displayed on the screen when they train. Um, I made sure that everybody still had at-home workouts while we were closed. Mm -hmm. So even though everybody's membership is on hold, they're not paying for their membership, you know, that was a service that I just extended. Hey, there's, there's a workout on the app if you want it. Right. Some people took advantage of it. Some people didn't. So, mm -hmm. um, so that's one thing I did during the pandemic and then, or during the shutdown, I should say, I guess we're technically still in it right. um, during the shutdown. That's one thing I did. And then just tried to stay active on social media. So another thing about the area we're in, because we're a little more rural is social media, isn't really a huge thing. So, you know, people have it, people follow it, but, um, you know, things tend to be a little more word of mouth and, and, um, they know somebody who's doing something and that's how word kind of spreads. So I stayed active on social media just to keep people informed, but I, you know, I don't use social media to a huge extent because I haven't found it to be that helpful. And that's probably going to be surprising to a lot of people. <laughs> yeah. I think a lot of people find social media to be a huge huge benefit for them from a marketing and from a communication standpoint. And I find it to, I found it, this is sort of getting off onto a different realm, but I find social media to not be helpful from a marketing standpoint um, as far as investing money in it. Um, and I only find it somewhat helpful from a communication standpoint. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that's actually a really good segue into the next thing I was going to ask you because I was going to ask you um, next, you know, to tell us a little bit about what kind of things you are doing currently to get people interested in joining the facility. Right. So the things I'm doing currently relate to what I've done in the past. So in the past, I thought social media was going to be, you know, this huge thing. Hey this is what I'm doing, you know, trying to share videos and, and things like that. And it was super lukewarm at first, which is somewhat to be expected. And it never really took off. And um, so right after the shutdown, I did get some, forget the name of the loan, IEDL loan money, mm -hmm. disaster relief money. Um, and I used that money to hire a professional marketing firm to do Facebook and Instagram marketing for me. Mm -hmm. I paid her a lot of money 
to do the marketing plus the money, you know, the, the ad revenue, you know, fees on Facebook and Instagram and, um, three months of that, mm. not a single client from, from that specific. Yeah. And that was really surprising to me because even though my experience with social media was lukewarm before I, you know, I was still of the impression, okay, I'm going to hire a professional. Maybe I don't know what I'm doing. They know how to target. They know how to design ads. Um, you know, this is going to be the start of something. And it just wasn't it. Yeah. <laughs> so obviously it's like, okay, I'm not spending any more money on that. Right. So what I do is I do stay active on social media. I, I do occasionally like post videos of things that we're doing in the training center. I keep the communication up as far as, you know, hours and changes. And, and I send out a newsletter to all the contacts that I've collected over the years. So I do those kinds of things as far as staying in contact, the social media is out there. You know, I think your research team found me on social media. So it's out there. It exists. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. It's out there. It doesn't do a lot for me as far as finding clients. So what do I do? <laughs> How the heck do you find clients? <laughs> right. <laughs> so a lot of my first clients were um, referrals from coaches that I knew in the area. Mm -hmm. Um, and then a couple like, you know, sort of drive by, oh, this is new. They looked into me and that was kind of the start of it. And from then almost every client, I, I could almost say a hundred percent of the clients that I've gotten have been from word of mouth. Mm -hmm. And that's absolutely crazy to me that that's the way it's worked out. Right. I've spent ad revenue on um, radio. I've spent it on, um, like the local radio station here does a Saturday morning follow-up from the Friday night football games. And I ran an ad on that and I even targeted it to the, the closest schools to my gym. That, <laughs> so it's a little strange how this area reacts to sort of traditional or mainstream marketing. So, um, which, I mean, when we first moved to the area, it was hard to find out what the heck's going on. Like, because it, so many people just rely on word of mouth around them. Yeah. yeah. So being new to the area, it's like, well, what's going on? Well, let's check the newspaper and Facebook. And <laughs> there's just nothing well, there. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. So I don't know. Something about this area just, it's, it's, very hometown close-knit versus mm -hmm. um and it's not to say people don't use social media because absolutely all my athletes are on instagram and you know yeah but that's just not where i'm picking up clients mm -hmm. so what i do is every person that contacts me or somebody tells me hey this person might be interested in goes on a spreadsheet, a, a prospect spreadsheet, and then I follow up with them on a regular basis. Oh, okay. If they either tell me they're not 
interested or after several months, they just don't respond to me, I'll let them drop off. Okay. Yeah, that makes but, sense. Well, I mean, you, you can't just keep pestering people. Right, now, right. They might go on my newsletter and get my newsletter. So there's at least some communication there, which I do once a month. Um, but, you know, I'm not going to keep pestering somebody that either tells me they're not interested or just isn't responding. Right. If there's any interest at all, I will keep, I'll keep after that. Or if they've, because I have an athletic population, people are off and on. Right. I'll have people that stop during their season. Um, I do have people that keep going during season two, but I'll have people that stop during their season and then come back or, um, you know, stop because of illness or vacation, you know, those types of things. Um, so if they haven't been back, they're, they're a past member that then goes on my prospect list that then gets that follow-up. So um, while I know, you know, anybody who's worth their salt in marketing does a version of that, that's my primary, that's yeah. my primary thing. So um, it, it becomes a lot of work. Right. Um, and, you know, a lot of tracking and follow-up and, you know, it's amazing how many people have my personal cell phone number just yeah. <laughs> because of that, you know, <laughs> but you know, I'm a small gym in a small town. That's sort of, that's the way it works. Right, yeah, it comes with the territory. Right. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, yeah, I mean, I guess, you know, if, if it works for you, then you might as well stick with it. Right. Right. So, all right, cool. So, you know, obviously, basically all of your leads are exclusively coming from word of mouth, from referrals. Um, so I would imagine the process of getting someone to sign up doesn't feel too much like a sale. Um, but, you know, with that being said, kind of walk us through your sales process a little bit. What happens from the time someone says like, hey, I'm potentially interested in joining until you actually get them signed up. Sure. So there's a couple ways it can happen. Um, some people will just contact me uh, works and tell them what the rates are and then they sign up online and then boom, it's done. You know, it, right. it can be as easy as that. And I do prefer the online sign up process just because I'm paperless anyway. So whether they do it online or do it in the gym, you know, yeah. It's the, the same, same process. Yeah. <laughs> so it's nice when they do it. Take any of your time. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, and then I do have a free trial um, sign up on my website um, through my contracting um, software, which is Zen Planner. So those are the two, kind of bringing it back to the software, those are the two I use Zen Planner and Team Builder. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah. I'm familiar with Zen Planner. Yeah. I, a lot of people in the industry have heard of Zen Planner. So I've been with Zen Planner since the beginning. Um, it's easy to use. I have an online free trial sign up through Zen Planner. Um, you can link to it through my website, through, you know, uh, you can, you can find it on Facebook if you click through my website, but I will often say, Hey, now's a good time for a free trial and just, you know, have the link. So it, it's fairly easy to find the link to a free trial. 
Um, and I've, I've had people do the free trial and then, you know, they sit there, the parent sits there on their phone signing up <laughs> while they're doing the free trial. It's sort of a formality, you know, and I'm sure a lot of people have had this experience. I've had people do a free trial and go, oh, I'm definitely interested. And then I never hear from them, you know. Oh, right. Yes. Yeah, I think <laughs> that's... What happened to the definitely interested, you know? So, <laughs> and, you know, they go on my prospect list and I follow up with them. And after being told they're definitely interested, they don't even reply to my contacts, you know? Right. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think basically every gym owner out there has encountered that quite a few times. Right. <laughs> yeah, like so, if you don't get them on the spot, if they're walking out the door after that free trial without signing up, it's just that much harder to get them back in. Right. And so I follow, so for a very short period of time in my life, and I won't go into it too much, I sold high-end stereo and home theater equipment. <laughs> so, um, it, it was kind of a between job thing. So, but I did learn a very important sales process while I was there because sometimes you're asking people, you're not asking people for $100, $200 a month or you know, buy some supplements. You're asking them for literally thousands and sometimes in the six figures in sales, right? So the ask for the sale is quite large in that industry. So, um, and it's not service related, it's product related, but mm -hmm. I brought it up. I brought the process up on my phone. I, I, I keep the, <laughs> the, it's not as top of mind anymore because I don't follow this as step-by-step -step as I used to. Um, when you're in retail, someone walks through the door and you kind of, you know, do this step by step. In the gym, it's kind of like people call and you you ask them to come in. You might do a free trial. They might just sign up right away. The process is a little different, but these are the steps. Um, the first step is establish rapport. So, you know, don't make it a business transaction right from the start. Don't say, how can I help you? Because it's it sort of establishes a business relationship, right? Start. Um, it's so easy to just be like, how can I help you? And that's, <laughs> yeah. I, I took that out of my lexicon right away. You don't say, how can I help you? You say, oh, hey, how are you, how are you doing? Mm -hmm. Hold out. Oh, I like your car that I saw you pull up in, you know. Right. Different ways to just establish a rapport with somebody without making it a business relationship. Mm -hmm. And the second step is determine needs. So you almost right away, you're asking them questions. What brought you in? What are you looking for? And those types of things. So that's a pretty straightforward step, determine their needs. And a lot of times somebody's coming in the gym, they've already told you on their phone, oh, my son plays basketball. He needs to get stronger, needs to jump higher. <laughs> you know, you can't already know that coming in. And yeah. so that step can, you can move by that step fairly quickly sometimes. Um, the third step is demonstrate the product. So sometimes that's just a gym tour. Sometimes that's a free trial. Sometimes people buy without that stuff. Like mm -hmm. I said, just sign up online. And, um, and then the fourth step, ask for the set. So, you know, are you ready to sign up? <laughs> or, you know, when can I get you signed up? Or ask for the sale. Um, overcome objections. So that's, you know, Oh, well, I got to talk to my wife. 
you know, I got to see what the schedule's like. And so you can ask questions. It's kind of hard to overcome the got to talk to the wife objection. But, yeah. um, <laughs> but, you know, if they say, well, we got to look at the schedule. I don't know if this is going to work. You can kind of get into the schedule a little bit at that point, you know, without, mm -hmm. without it seeming like you're trying to overcome their objection, you can say, well, you know, we can do this or that. Um, I have a lot of people that do this, blah, blah, blah. You know, I can be flexible, those types of things. Um, the third step, closed add-ons, isn't so much, I don't really follow this one so much in the retail industry that's, well, especially like the ex biggest example in the electronics industry mm -hmm. is you're going to need cables, you're going to need a Bluetooth adapter, you know, right. you're going to need these things to work with that. That doesn't happen so much. And then the last step, I'm kind of trying to get through this pretty quickly. The yeah. step is identical to the first step, maintain rapport. So you just have to maintain that sort of, this isn't as much of a business relationship as, you know, you came looking for something for me, I'm providing it. We have that sort of symbiotic relationship. So mm -hmm. that's kind of the process. You know, I always have that in the back of my mind when I'm doing, you know, if we're doing a free trial, that's demonstrating the product. And the next step is ask for the sale. So yeah, you know, that that's always in the back of my mind. Uh-huh, for sure. Yeah, it's super helpful, um, obviously, having some sort of sales background because a lot of, you know, let's be honest, most gym owners are trainers um, by heart who then decided to open up a business, um, you know, generally don't have much in the way of sales training. And right. that's something that makes people super uncomfortable a lot of times, like... <laughs> sales right. is tough. Like, so, right. so that definitely puts you at an advantage having, you know, that background, having gotten that training for right. sure. And if you're not asking for the sale in some way, shape or form, it, it a lot of times it's just not going to happen. So right. you have to, you have to overcome that reluctance in yourself to say, okay, let's get you signed up. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. That That's asking for the sale because that, right. That's what they came in for. You have to remember that right. they came in looking for it. So why not ask for it? Right. Exactly. Yeah, so. for sure. Yeah. Why not just, you know, I, I have some sales background as well. And, um, you know, kind of just going into it with that, you know, like they walked in your doors, they were interested, they, they have a need for this service. So you may as well just assume that they are going to sign up until they tell you otherwise. Right. Right. Them. All right, cool. Um, okay, so I want to shift gears just a little bit here as we are winding down on time. Um, so let's talk about the future a little bit. Um, right. What goals do you have for the next year or two as far as the business is concerned? What's, what's next on the horizon for Forged? So in the next year, I'd like to just add more people to my classes and, and add some classes. So, you know, how do you do that? I got to I really need to stay on top of my prospect contact list. And, you know, the, the gym is only of a certain size, so mm -hmm. can't add it, the classes get too crowded at some point. So at some point you have to add class times. So my next step is to try to add some class times. And then once I get to that point, which will be 
hopefully within the next year, then I would like to hire somebody, which would probably be in the coming year. Yeah. Um, but, um, you know, hire somebody to actually be an employee of Forge. Like I said, I'm open to that, like contractor coming in to do their own personal training or do some of that stuff. But I would like to eventually have an employee. <laughs> yeah, maybe kind of take some of the classes off of your plate, free up a little more of your time. Right. You know, they can be a little more functioning in the gym and I can be a little more, I mean, I'd, I'd never be, take myself completely out of it, but I'd be mm -hmm. a little more in the background working on the business, working on bringing people in, you know, and maintaining social media scheduling and all that. Right. Yep. Yep. For sure. All right, cool. Well, as we are winding down on time here, I do have one last question for you, Jesse. And that is if you could go back all the way to, you know, what it was 2016, 17 when you started the gym um, and give yourself or our listeners one piece of advice about running your own business, what would that be? Right. So my biggest piece of advice would be check your ego and don't bite off more than you can chew because I definitely did it first. Yeah. So there are gyms around here that I could have used their facilities to build up my clientele while I was planning on looking for a facility and buying my own equipment. And I could have had some clientele first. Yeah. You know, before shelling out a lot of money. So that's really what I should have done. And really it was ego. It was like, hey, I'm a strength and conditioning coach. I can run my own facility. Let's do this. Which is a great attitude to have, but there, there's also a reality of, you know, scaling and right. on. <laughs> so <laughs> yes, exactly. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Just kind of yeah, starting small and then building yourself up. Right. Right. All right. Awesome. Well, it looks like we are out of time here. Thank you so much for being here with us today, Jesse. Um, Thank you. Super fun. Um, so before we go, for all of our listeners out there, what's your website? Where can we find you guys on social media? Right. So it's really easy. It's forgedhpc.com. So HPC for Human Performance Center. Forgedhpc.com is the website and all my social media is at forgedhpc. All right, perfect. And then for all of our listeners out there, thank you for spending some time with us today as well. We hope you found some value in my conversation with Jesse here. If you'd like to hear more, be sure to click the subscribe button. And if you'd like to be featured on the podcast, click the link in the description, fill out the form, and a member of the team will be in touch as soon as possible. This has been another episode of the Gym Lords podcast. We'll see you on the other side. Gym Lords out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, Tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.